Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the All-American Brit Podcast on the Bleed Podcasting Network. I am your host, Johnny McEwen. Today, I am joined by the one and only Jake Reiner. You can listen to him on Meeting on the Mound with Jake Reiner and, of course, the Incline Dodgers podcast. Jake, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Johnny. This is... Quite the undertaking you've had me do. We're going to cover all 30 teams. This is crazy. So there are are two things I want to say to you. First of all, screw you. But second of all, thank you. Because this actually helps me for all the other work that I do. Now I have an understanding of all 30 teams. I've brushed up on everything. I've never felt more like a GM. I'm I'm showing you. I've got this binder and all of the pages, I've got them in paper slips. I've, I've been... Going over this thing like a GM, I really wow. appreciate this undertaking. I, I, I think, and and it's an interesting conversation to have. I, I know it's, we could go on and on about individual teams. We could do an episode about one team if you really wanted to. But I think what what will be fun about today is just having a real glimpse of the league as a whole, what to expect from the 2021 season, storylines that we might be interested in, just tidbits about the whole league. And we are both admittedly Dodgers fans. You're sitting there in a Dodgers hat as we speak. But what I'd love to do today is kind of no bias, no judgment, just two baseball fans talking about baseball from their perspective on the whole status of our league. There's incredible talent all over the place, all over the country. Each team deserves a little moment, and we're giving them a little moment today. Does that sound fair, Jake? I think it sounds more than fair. That sounds great to me. So why don't we start at home? Two are Los Angeles Dodgers. Our Dodgers, what do you think this year, Jake? Defending champions, odds on favorite to repeat. How do they look different this year? What do you think is unique about them in 2021? Well, I think it's interesting. They, I think they actually got better. They were able to bring back Justin Turner, which I think was one of the biggest offseason moves that they were trying to do. But then out of nowhere, they go and sign Trevor Bauer. And they signed him to a really interesting player-friendly contract. So he has a couple of opt-outs after each season and it's a three-year deal and Trevor Bauer is going to be a part of a stacked starting rotation the Dodgers right now have about seven eight candidates for the starting rotation they have three former Cy Young award winners in that rotation separate from that Walker Bueller who is not a part of that trio so it's an insane embarrassment of riches the offense kind of stays intact again Mookie Betts comes back obviously they signed into a large extension last year Cody Bellinger is recovering from um, <laughs> a weird injury where he celebrated his uh go-ahead home run in the NLCS game seven against the Braves and he dislocated his shoulder so he's coming back from uh 
recover. He's recovering from that. Uh, he had so- shoulder surgery in the offseason. So that's really the big question mark is how healthy Cody Bellinger is going to be. But I think overall, the Dodgers are the favorites to not only win the West, but make it back and win the World Series again. Fangraphs has them at a 96.7% chance to make the playoffs. I think it's a 100% chance. I don't think there's any chance that they don't make the playoffs. This team is stacked once again. They are the team to beat in all of baseball, I believe. You never know what's going to happen in October, but you have to think that the Dodgers are a part of it. Uh, Like you said, incredible pitching. I mean, Kershaw... Bauer and Price just alone. I mean, um, unbelievable amount of power. And weirdly, I think, you know, Kike Hernandez and Jock Peterson were real fan favorites to the team. But I think the team weirdly makes more sense now without them. Uh, more guys will see regular time. We'll see more Gavin Lux. I think we'll see more of Edwin Rios. Uh, well, I think the the loss of, of Jock Peterson and Kike Hernandez, both fan favorites, is, is a loss felt by all Dodgers fans. I think a lot of people cared a little bit more about Kike just because of his you know, infectious personality and his flair for the dramatic and the fact that he can play all over the field. But the Dodgers have a guy right now that can kind of step up and take over for him. And he's a lot younger, a lot cheaper, obviously. Uh, Zach McKinstry, he hits from the left side, but he can play all over the diamond. So they have him. And the great thing about the Dodgers is, is that they're, they have such a great team that they're able to ease these guys in to the roster, these young guys, and not have all the pressure be put on them. Speaking of pressure being off, I'm really excited to watch Corey Seager this year. Always kind of played with a chip on his shoulder. World Series MVP coming back. 162-game season. I look forward to seeing Seager be the franchise shortstop that he's been talked about for so long. Lots of things to look forward to in Los Angeles. Spring training games are underway, so why not talk about the team from Arizona, the Diamondbacks? And I wonder if you think that the did the D-backs get much better in the offseason? What can they expect from 2021? They didn't get much better in the offseason, and they're still projected to be better than the Rockies, who got worse this offseason, and we can talk about that in a moment. But yeah, Fangraphs has them at a 2.1% chance to make the playoffs, fourth in the National League West behind the Giants. And the Diamondbacks, uh, it, it's you know it wasn't too long ago that they were a real contender in the NL West. I think the last really good team that they had was in 2017 when they faced the Dodgers in the National League Division Series, and that's when they had Paul Goldschmidt and a young David Peralta, um, AJ Pollock on that team too, now that AJ's with the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, they've got some exciting young guys. Peralta's still there. Uh, Cattell Marte is, is really good. Madison Bumgarner had a really bad 2020. He also didn't really pitch that much. Uh, they signed him to a huge deal last year, so I'm sure they're hoping that he can, you know, bounce back and and you're not going to get the Madison Bumgarner of the, you know, the 2014 Giants, but you're going to get a, you know, a veteran guy that, you know, is going to be a decent pitcher. But Zach Allen, that that's another young guy to look out for. He's a really good pitcher. Um, and so I think they, they're really high on him and they think he's going to be, um, you know, in that rotation for years to come. Zach Allen is projected to start before Madison Bumgarner would. Opening day projected starter would be Zach Allen over Bumgarner. There are three guys on the team. When I look at the roster, there are three guys' names that just jump out. Two of them you mentioned, Bumgarner and and Cattell Marte. But Cole Calhoun also. uh, Oh, yeah. He can be a difference maker in a game. And and, uh, yeah, Vegas odds have the Giants beating the D-backs. And I'm not not so sure about that. We're going to talk about the Giants in a second. But um, it's going to be a bit of a battle at the bottom of the NL West. 
and I don't know that there's enough major league talent on the on the D backs to come through. They've they've invested in their farm system. They they love the ball club down there in Arizona, but I I, I just don't see I, I don't see where it's headed. I, I I don't I don't know what success is for them this year. And and I and I don't want to say that about too many teams, but I I also kind of think about the Rockies. Uh, what what would be a successful season for the Rockies this year? Well. A successful season for the Rockies would be if they're somehow able to convince Trevor Story to stay on that on that team, because they are, according to Fangraphs, and I'll re- I'll reference Fangraphs a lot in this to give a, to give you an idea of where people think these teams are going to end up. But they give them a 0.1 percent chance to make the playoffs. They're they're projected to finish dead last in the NL West. And again, another team that not too long ago was at the at the top, near the top of the NL West. Remember in 2018, um, it went to game 163 with the Rockies and Dodgers. So Dodgers have boasted about their streak taking the West, but it was very close one year. Oh, it was Rockies. touch and go in 2018. Yeah, that was one of the most frustrating years as a Dodgers fan because they they severely underperformed. But the Rockies, a prime Nolan Arenado, a prime Carlos Gonzalez. A, you yeah. know, I think Blackman had just come on the scene. Really, I mean, it was a, it was a contender, a real contender. Yeah. So the big the big news of the offseason for the Rockies was the fact that they essentially gave away Nolan Arenado for essentially not nothing. Um, they didn't really they didn't get a top five prospect back from the Cardinals, and they actually sent an additional fifty million dollars to the Cardinals to pay Arenado for for to, to to play for the Cardinals uh which is just I, you know I don't know what Jeff Bidrich is doing over there in Colorado unfortunately for those fans who thought that they were going to have this core of Arenado story Blackman you mentioned David Dahl another one who was another good outfielder so it's really a weird time for the Rockies and um their goal is to keep Trevor Story there, but after the way in which their front office dealt with Nolan Arenado, they really pissed him off uh, to the point where he was like, I want to get out of here. Of course, now um, I think Nolan Arenado is a bigger threat to the Dodgers as a member of the Cardinals as opposed to as a member of the Rockies because the Rockies weren't expected to make the playoffs anyway. But now that Arenado is with the Cardinals, and we'll talk about them, the Cardinals now are a force that if the Dodgers meet them in the playoffs, they could have a real problem with them. I think that Colorado's got proof of an amazing farm system. We talked about Carlos Gonzalez. We talked about Nolan Arenado. Trevor Story coming through their ranks as well. I think that they're doubling down on that. Um, you know, and, and hopefully they're in a good position to be looking toward the future, be looking toward uh, where it's going to go. Ian Desmond, a veteran outfielder who's on that team, has elected not to play this season. So interesting to see how it does shake out for the Colorado Rockies moving south just two hours south now to our kind of noisy neighbor this offseason the San Diego Padres have been going at it what do you what do you think the the Padres a team to beat in the NL West no the Dodgers are a team to beat in the NL West the Dodgers have, have won that division eight years in a row and until I knew you wouldn't like that question I mean, come on Johnny <laughs> you gave me the funniest look. but I think you know people are talking about the Padres They're, in a really look, really big look. hype hyped up way and there's a lot to talk about. There are good things to talk about. No, they I, I want to te- talk about. I want to talk about the good things uh, that the Padres are doing. But but you can't. So say they're that the team to beat. They're not the team to beat. The Dodgers are the team to beat. They're the. I get what you. The saying. Dodgers are the reigning World Series champions. Um, let me ask you this question, Johnny: Did the Padres win a single playoff game against the Dodgers, or did they get swept in the National League Division Series last year? Yeah, what they happened? Got swept. 
All right. Yeah, so know, yeah, so, yeah, so that so the Padres different team, different the, team now. The moves that the Padres made are because they believe the Dodgers are the team to beat in the NL West. And if I'm a Padres fan, I'm feeling great. I mean, the fact that they went out and got you Darvish, they got Blake Snell. I mean, those are top of the rotation guys. Certainly there's some question marks there in terms of not only health, but also effectiveness. But Mm -hmm. those guys are really good. Yeah. And I think it's great for baseball because here's a team where you look at the NOS and the Dodgers are far and away the favorites to win it. And they still go out there and say, you know what? We don't care. We have the money. We have the resources. We have, you know, one of the best players in all of baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr. We've got a really, really unbelievable third baseman in Manny Machado. AJ Preller's thinking, we're going all in and we're going to try to win this thing. And we're going to try and upset the Dodgers. I think that's great for baseball. And I think, unfortunately, for a lot of teams this offseason, they've sort of just tanked. And, and not even tried to, to win because there's no incentive to win. They get good draft picks if they lose. And if they don't think they're going to make the playoffs, the, you know, winning 80 games is not going to do anything for your franchise if you're trying to get younger and trying to get draft picks. So Major League Baseball's got to look at that and see if they can change the way things work so that, that there's more incentive for teams to win. So I respect what the Padres are doing. And according to fan graphs, they've got a 92.9% chance to make the playoffs versus the Dodgers 96.7. So they're right there. They're not I don't think they're going to win the West, but they're going to get into the playoffs for, you know, with a with a wild card spot for sure. We could talk about Tatis's contract. Uh, we I mean we could do a whole episode on that like I said earlier, yeah. but I think the biggest thing about this year is they're they really are all in this year. That's oh yeah, the, that is the message. Is that well, they're in not, it this year, and not only that, Johnny, they they are in it for the future too because of the Tatis extension. They've got Machado for a long time too. Machado's and, for ten, yeah, another ten years of Machado and and Tatis. The bigger conversation I think we could have about the Padres is, and I talked about this a bit last week, is what happens in four years' time. Hosmer, Will Myers coming to the mid, their mid-30s, are they going to keep carrying on and they've got you know, an opt-out in two years? The, the team's going to ch- have to change around Tartis. And there are going to be versions that are going to be like, this team's going to be a winner. And there might be some sleepy years. It, it, but that's that's what I get concerned for with Tartis's length of his contract. Bigger conversation. I might end up just cutting all this out. <laughs> but that's a, that's a way big... Like, you know, I, I think that this year, the message about this year is it's all in. For the oh, yeah. It's all, it, it's all in for this year. And... For, you know, as being as a, a, a objective as possible on this, the Dodgers, I mean, the Padres have to prove it on the field. That's why I don't think the Padres are the team to beat because they got to play and they're going to be good, but they have to prove it. The reason why the Dodgers are the team to beat is because they've already proven it. They already won a World Series and this is pretty much a, 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 a similar team than they had last year, except they added Trevor Bauer and essentially added David Price because David Price opted out last season. So... I mean, that's why the Dodgers are the team to beat, but the Padres are going to be exciting to watch. I think it's going to get really testy with Dodgers and the, and the Padres on the field. I think there, there's going to be a real rivalry there. You may see some tempers flare. Certainly on Twitter, you've seen tempers flare. I think Padres and Dodgers fans are going at it, and I love it. I love I love the fire that we're seeing from from both franchises. Certainly going to be interesting to watch. And let's round it up in the final team in the NL West is the San Francisco Giants. My they're, favorites. They're, <laughs> they're slated to 
be third. Vegas odds has them at third in the final standings. Uh, you know, I, I just want to start by saying I think Mikey Stremski is a real talent and a really exciting player and a really unique player and a classic kind of Giants player. Um, <laughs> and the other big thing that I'm following this year is how many more years do you think we have a Buster Posey? Yeah, that's that's a good point. And they have a guy in the in the wings ready to to replace him. They've got a really hot catching prospect named Joey Bart. Uh, that he came up a little bit last year, so we'll see if he gets some significant playing time. We do know that Buster Posey it, can also play first base. It'll it'll also be interesting to see if the National League adds the designated hitter. That'll help Buster Posey. That'll help elongate his career. It'll help elongate everyone's career that that is either that either can't play the field or is getting up there in age and and can't take the wear and tear of playing the field. So. Yeah, that's a good question to ask. Uh, Buster Posey, the veterans, Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, Evan Longoria, those guys are coming back. I think that, that those guys are really good for this young team. But like you were saying, Yastrzemski's a star. Uh, Donovan Solano came out of nowhere last season. Uh, Mauricio Dubon and Alex Dickerson, they're good. Um, they added Tommy LaStella, another Giants player, like you say. I think he fits the mold. They also got Alex Wood. So Alex Wood, uh, you know, World Series champion Alex Wood is going into that rotation. And uh, that rotation is going to be, you know, interesting because they, they they added Aaron Sanchez. So it's going to be Sanchez, Johnny Cueto, Alex Wood, Anthony uh, Di and Kevin Gosman. If those guys can stay healthy, I think the offense is going to be there. I think the offense is going to be a tough offense to navigate through because they've got a lot of scrappy guys and a lot of guys that will wear you down as a pitcher. Keep in mind, Farhan Zaidi, the general manager of the Giants, used to be the general manager under Andrew Friedman with the Dodgers. So a lot of their lineup construction is very similar in the sense that they they grind out at bats, they wear you down. But the key is going to be the uh, the starting rotation. Can they stay healthy? So that's our that's our NLS, Jake. What do you think? I'd love to get your prediction. I know it's early and there's there's no ju- <laughs> no judgment. We'll we'll look back on it and smile if we get it all wrong. But I think it's worth having a guess. I mean, what what do you think? How do you think the NLS shapes up? Well, here's the thing. I think it's I think it's going to be how how it how everyone has them panned out. Um, it's going to be Dodgers one, Padres two, Giants three. Um, and then it could, the, the only question marks I have is, will the Diamondbacks be better than the Rockies? I don't know. It's kind of a toss up, but I think the, I think the Diamondbacks have the better squad right now. If the Rockies had kept Arenado, I may have switched my opinion on that, but the, the sleeper team is the Giants. You know, can they make the playoffs? Will we have expanded playoffs? That'll be a good question because if we have expanded playoffs, depending on how many teams make the playoffs, they're a team to watch. I think the East is is going to be a strong division this year, and because of that, I don't think the Giants are going to be able to make the playoffs. Yeah, I I, I differ just a touch. I have the Dodgers and the Padres as one, two, but I do have the Diamondbacks uh, as three over the Giants. I think that they have a bit more excitement, potential of more young players coming in. I just I just believe in the I, I just see them beating the the Giants, and then the Giants being better than the Rockies this year. I think so if the Diamondbacks were to change their uniforms back to what they were in 2001, they may have a shot. We'd, I think we'd all be happier, wouldn't we? Those uniforms are, they've just gotten progressively worse. Um, <laughs> I just, it's just such a sticking point with me. I hate watching them because of their uniforms. 
and I was such a fan of the 2001 team that won the World Series because those uniforms were dope. The and guess what? The purple and the turquoise and the Brady Johnson with the leg kick. It was it, it guess looked what? epic. You know, that was the last time they were in the World Series. Maybe it has something to do with it. I don't know. I would do it. Anyway. <laughs> That's our NOS. My hot take. To the National League Central, let's head straight to the friendly confines and talk about these Chicago Cubs. What do you make of the Cubs this year, Jake? I like the Cubs. I mean, they made the playoffs last year and they got upset by the Marlins. So I think that they are still a playoff team, um, potentially. But I don't understand the I don't understand the philosophy in Chicago right now because they got rid of you Darvish and they didn't really get a lot back for him. They let Kyle Schwarber go, but they replaced him with Jock Peterson, which I think is an upgrade. Jock Peterson's going to get to have a lot more playing time. It's already been said. And so he'll get to face righties and lefties. With the Dodgers, he was uh, only facing right-handed pitchers. So he'll face lefties, and I think think Peterson's going to thrive there. But... I don't know, man. I mean, they they've got and they ju- they won the World Series in 2016, and a lot of those players are still there: Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant's an interesting one because he his name was thrown around there in the uh, in the trade rumors because he's only got you know a year left on his deal. So the Cubs is just an interesting interesting franchise. I think on your point, nothing's really changed for the Cubs, and I think it might be a good thing. It's kind of a perfect flop on, on some of these. Lester for Arietta. Arietta's coming back to join David Ross as the manager, the team that he knows. Anthony Rizzo's still the team captain there. Good memories of winning in 2016 together. Like you said, Schwalber for Jock Peterson. I think Jock Peterson's an upgrade. You're going to see Jock Peterson every day, but similar kind of power, similar kind of aggressive bat in your lineup. And so I don't think they've changed too much, but I don't know that they needed to. They won the Central last year. They've got one of the most exciting talents in Javier Baez. I think that he is an electric baseball player. You must watch TV when he's on. Yeah. I thought personally that they should have kept, I mean, if, if they're, if they're gunning for the central and, and the central wasn't, is not a, a division that is wrapped up because right now with the Cardinals and Brewers, they are kind of neck and neck one and two and the Cubs are sitting there at third. So they, they should have added, added pieces. Instead, I feel like they got rid of, you know, they got rid of Darvish and Darvish was on, you know, on the comeback trail and he pitched really well in, uh, in 2020. Yeah. I think you might be, I think we might end up being surprised in seeing a new name kind of pop uh, out of this roster. You know, you maybe, maybe it's not jumping out at us now, but maybe later in the season, we'll say that was the guy that kind of was a spark plug for them. Cause I think you're right that they, they do need something new, but to, to the point they haven't changed a ton in a good way because they really do have this nucleus and they've been reaping the, the benefits of it. They've been a really good team. They just need a push. And I think a spark plug, a young player, maybe a, a, a trade in the season will do that for for Chicago. Moving to Cincinnati, the team in the uh, one of two teams in Ohio. What do you make of the big red machine? <laughs> oh, that was a good squad. This is this particular Cincinnati Reds team is not um huge loss in Trevor Bauer obviously seeing Bauer leave the Reds that's a that's a tough part you know 
tough piece to lose of their, their squad. They were a lot noisier in the previous offseason. They they made some additions, and I thought they were put. I thought they were pulling together quite an interesting club with Castellanos, um, uh, Mike Bustakas now in Cincinnati. But I feel like this Bauer deal has just kind of taken all of the all of the energy out. Yeah, I think so too. But I ultimately felt like the the Reds kind of thought we're not going to get Bauer. We're not going to keep Bauer. This is it, you know. And they made the playoffs with Bauer. Unfortunately, they got um they they couldn't they couldn't score a run against the Braves and they got knocked out um in the first round. The the pitchers that they had were were pretty solid. I mean, Sonny Gray and Castillo and those guys are really good. Eugenio Suarez is still there. Another name that was kicked around as a potential trade partner or trade uh piece. It's unfortunate though because we're we're seeing sort of the end of the career of Joey Votto, um, and and Votto who is you know a former MVP. I I always it always saddens me when you see guys for their entire careers play with one team that isn't ever really that good. Um, and there were a few years that the Reds kind of you know were in the playoffs. You know when they had Johnny Cueto and. Um, you know, there was a few decent Reds teams, uh, here and there, but, um, but Joey Votto is one of the best, one of the best hitters of all time. I mean, he's, he's, he's an incredible, uh, bat and also he is the king of on-base percentage and walks. I mean, he grinds out at bats. And so for the Reds, it's unfortunate that they just don't have an offense. I mean, beyond Suarez and, and Votto, and they got that guy Aquino in the outfield who's good, but. They just like Castellanos. They, yeah, Castellanos, but like overall their offense is just not very scary. You know, you, you, you hit a point that I was gonna make as well about have we seen the best of Joey Votto and, and it, it it is a shame to see him he's he's made the team relevant so many years. And the team is relevant without just his name on this roster. Yes, um, it is. But I just you know, I, I, I always get a little down when I'm thinking about, you know, really, really, you know, solid talents. Um, another one that comes to mind, the obvious one is Mike Trout in, uh, in Anaheim. Like that's where I'm like, oh my God, can we get this dude to the playoffs, please? A little random one. Uh, a non-roster invitee is D strange Gordon for the Cincinnati Reds. All right. Yeah. I'd love to see him steal some bases up in Cincinnati. When the Dodgers traded him in 2014 to the to the Marlins, and that was the deal that brought them uh, Austin Barnes and Kike Hernandez, um, I was pretty upset about that trade because I really love D. Gordon. I'm an old school baseball fan. I love uh, bunt singles and sacrifices and hit and runs and stolen bases, and I I love I love all of that stuff. So to me, D. Gordon represented that old style baseball guy who is just. He wasn't the, uh, you know, the strongest, even though he got popped for steroids, which was the weird one. Um, he, you know, was a fiend on the base paths. I mean, he just was such an, uh, an electric, uh, you know, base stealer. And so, I, you know, I am rooting for D. Gordon to make a comeback and, and to make this team. And if, if he can't make the Cincinnati Reds roster, there's some issues there. But I... I, I, I <laughs> I, I hope that he can. I really do like him, and I and I hope that he comes back and does well. Colton Wong is set to join the Brew Crew up in Milwaukee. Uh, Kristen Yelich, Lorenzo Kane. Do the Brewers have enough talent to really compete in the Central this year, or 
Is it going to be another kind of scrappy season? They've had they've had a successful couple of last years, just about making it to the playoffs in the extended playoffs last year. Colton Wong, Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, not bad names on your roster. No, I like I like the Brewers, and I think the cent the NL Central is one of those divisions that's kind of a wide open right now um, in terms of who has the edge because like I was saying, the Brewers are, are expected to be the second team in the central behind the Cardinals. They're, they're given a 35.4% chance to make the playoffs only, a, you know, a, a percentage point behind the Cardinals at 36%. So it, it is up for grabs. And I think the Brewers are a solid, they have a solid core. And like you mentioned, Colton Wong going over there is good. They still have Keston Hira, who's, who's a really solid player. Uh, Ryan Braun's still there. Um, they also, you know, anytime you have, you know, Christian Yelich on your team, you always have a shot. I mean, that guy is just an unbelievable hitter. He had a bad 2020, a really bad 2020. Um, but you know, their, their, their bullpen is still unbelievable. And that's what Craig council is going to have to rely on heavily because I think their starting rotation isn't, isn't as strong as their bullpen. I mean, they still have Josh Hader, uh, uh, there and Devin Williams, who was a huge success last season, a huge surprise out of that bullpen. Um, so, I mean, ba- Brandon Woodruff is a good pitcher too. He looks to be the opening day starter in Milwaukee. Another non-roster invitee name that kind of caught my attention was Jordan Zimmerman from former Washington Nationals oh, pitcher. my God. There I feel so... There. there was a minute there where he was he was number two. So well, Strasburg that's, why and, the, and, that's why the Tigers went out and got him. Because they thought, you know, he was going to be their ace, and he ended up being terrible and injured. So I'm always rooting for those guys to come back, and I really hope he can make that squad, because that would be cool. I always like seeing those comeback players out of nowhere. You yeah, know, you head. remember you remember Nomar Garciaparra with the Dodgers, right? He won comeback, comeback player of the year in 2006. So I love, I love seeing things like that. Love a good, love a good comeback story. I think that the Brewers will have a tough, a couple of tough tests. But you know, I think that the Reds will try and be formidable. The Cubs will be tr- formidable. But I, th- I think they might end up winning a few games over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Let's let's get into the Pirates here. What do you think of this year? What, what what's going to be what's going to be success for the Pirates this year? Well, they have a uh, a point four chance of making the playoffs. Point point four percent chance of making the playoffs. Um, that's, ge- that's, ge- that's not that's not very generous, Fangroffs. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, no, it's not. But you know, a- as the old saying goes, so you're saying there's a chance. Um, <laughs> they do have a smidgen of a chance, but unfortunately for Pirates fans, and this has been one of the big sticking points in Major League Baseball, is like this is a team that is clearly tanking. They're clearly just getting rid of everything. Well, one of the most talked about trades that occurred uh, at the trading deadline in 2018 was when the Pirates, for what what reason, I don't know. They weren't in the playoff race at all, but they were like, we're going to go out and get Chris Archer because uh, hopefully maybe he'll be something for us. So they trade for Chris Archer and they give up Austin Meadows and Tyler Glasnow. And I'm sure you've heard of those guys now because they are staples with the Tampa Bay Rays, and they're a huge reason why they went to the World Series last year. Now Archer's gone, and where did he go? Back to Tampa Bay. So that trade just was awful. When I look at the Pirates, the, the names that the only two names that really jumped out to me as MLB talent are Gregory Polanco and Adam Frazier. 
Those are two yes. major league. Oh, those are two oh. major league names to me. And I for and I forgot one. Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier joined the Pirates uh, just a few days ago. Oh, did he? I didn't yeah. know that. That's yeah, the Todd father. Um, they, got, they got a they got a pair of Frasers then in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Adam um, Frazier. You know they're yeah, in right. rebuild mode. Josh Bell's a huge loss to this team. Josh yeah. Bell was the was the reason to watch last year. All star. But if you think about the 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 talent that the Pirates had at one point, let's just off the top of my head, right? Andrew McCutcheon, you know Chris Archer, uh, Garrett Cole, uh, Josh Bell. Those are those are genuinely. I mean, some of the biggest names within the last within the last five years. Those are huge names that they had at one point. And you know Austin Meadows, Tyler Glasnow. Think if they think about if they had all those guys. I mean, they'd be the they, yeah. It's about it's been about timing really for Pittsburgh. It's just not really. It's they, they've they've had individuals not sync, and that's what was a shame about seeing Josh Bell, a bona fide talent, didn't have the pieces around. I know, I know. That's what's so frustrating because they also too not too long ago were you know messing around in the playoffs when Clint Hurdle was there, Russell Martin was there. I remember those card games where going to that stadium was really intimidating. They, yeah, they, you know, uh, AJ Burnett was there for a minute before they they dealt him to the the yeah. Yankees. He 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 pitched great big games for them, and he was an I think he was an influence on Garrett Cole, Garrett, young Garrett Cole. Then yeah, there's another starting pitcher that I'm blanking on who ended up leaving as well. Yeah, the Pirates have had lots of great players, and I think they've got you know proof of a. But like you system. said, they've had lots of great players, but not at the same time. Timing, yeah, all timing. Well, it, they're trying to time it up in St. Louis. Uh, adding Nolan Arenado, I think, is a huge piece. Of, you know, two two seminal pieces from the NL West is what caught my eye. Paul, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado now at the corners in St. Louis. What do you think of the Redbirds? Well, like I was saying earlier, I think the uh, Nolan Arenado going to the Cardinals hurts the Dodgers more than if he were to stay in the NL West because the Cardinals now are a huge contender. I mean, you look around the league, you know, who who has a better first base, third base combo? Not a lot of teams. I mean, you could make an argument that this is the best third base, first base combo out there. I literally wrote that down. That's one of my notes. Yeah. Best, best third and first yeah. in, in, in the whole league, for sure. And, you know, and this is coming from a Dodgers fan that it adores Max Muncie and Justin Turner, but they, they are not Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. And Paul Goldschmidt's another one that kills the Dodgers too. So they've got they've got a couple of Dodger killers on there. And I think a lot of these teams um, in this offseason, the Mets too, the Padres, they're they're all looking to take down the bad guy. They're all looking to take down the Dodgers. And so these these moves were were unbelievable. Um, just as it was a terrible move for Colorado and all the ways we mentioned before, this was a fleecing. Of for the for the Cardinals to fleece the fleece the Rockies and get Nolan Arenado. That was an unbelievable deal, and I don't even know how that was even <laughs> even completed. It, it it's insane. Um, and seeing pictures from spring training of Nolan Arenado in a Cardinals uniform is weird. Um, it doesn't quite look right. It looks photoshopped. But they are uh you know bringing back Adam Wainwright they're bringing back Yadier Molina I mean those are great veterans to have Tommy Edmonds going to be there uh Harrison Bader um they've got a really really good core there in St. Louis and their their starting rotations a little suspect although Jack Flaherty is going to be be there and he's and he's great 
Yeah, um, I was going to say Jack Flaherty, Miles Michaelis, Adam Wainwright as a one, two, three could you know couldn't be. Yeah, that. it's decent. I, I I'm I'm not saying it's not. Carlos, I, Mart- Carlos Martinez as well. I think it's I think it's good enough to win the central. I do. They lose Colton Wong, but if you think about it, we you know I, I think we both agree now. I, I'd written this down my notes: best corners with Arenado and Goldschmidt, but the infield's stacked now. Yeah, still. Paul DeYoung, Paul DeYoung. I mean, they've 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 got a great infield. There are question marks potentially about their outfield. I think that there's not actually a, a veteran influence on the outfield on this team. No, and they traded Dexter Fowler. They got rid of him. Yeah, to the Angels. So. So it's really all about the it's it's all about the infield, uh, you know, and and the the heart and soul of this team is of course is Yadier Molina. But look, but look, whether you know whoever they fill the outfield spots with, I mean that lineup is already really yeah, good. They've, they've got a solid first five guys to you know hit, and so you you I I agree with you. I think that they do have enough pitching to win the central. But so you got the cards on top. Let's make our predictions. Uh, how does the central stack out for you? Um, I think I I think the Cardinals are number one. Um, and I think the, oh, it's tough. Cause, uh, I think the Cubs are going to be number two. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think that, um, Javier Baez, uh, didn't really have that great of a season last year and he's a world-class talent and any team with Baez, Rizzo and Bryant, it's just, they just have, and now they have Jack Peterson. So I think, I think they have a real shot to win and, and I don't really believe too, too much in the Brewers. Um, I think their offense is, is just. I mean, Yelich is great, but I just don't think that they have enough pop in that lineup. So I'm going to put the Cubs ahead of the Brewers, um, and then the the Reds and Pirates surround it out. We're identical. I think that I had a uh, you know Pirates will finish last. I think then then the Reds, the Brewers will be better than the Reds, but the Brewers won't be better than the Cubs or the Cardinals. And the Cubs and Cardinals is going to be tight. I think. I, I think yeah. the Cardinals will ultimately take the central, but I think it'll be really close. It could come down to an injury. It could come down to yeah. So I was saying, I, I think this, games. I think this division is 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 as wide open as it gets. Should be an interesting one for sure. The NL Central. Very competitive division in the NL East. You say that the Central's up for grabs. It's going to be a claw fight in the NL East for the top spot. And let's start with a team that was only one win away from the World Series last year, the Atlanta Braves, hoping to defend the East. How do you think they do it, Jake? Well, I think that they have... I, I think that the Fangraphs people are doing them dirty because they, while they give them a 67.8% chance to to make the playoffs they're well behind the new york mets at 81.2 percent and the mets similarly to the padres you gotta prove it dude you gotta prove it and i think that that while the mets did get a lot better and i think that they have the advantage on paper it's all all that matters is what happens on the field and so yeah, the Braves were there last year. They took the Dodgers 3-1. to one. Uh, Unfortunately, the Dodgers is just one of the greatest teams of all time last season. Um, so they were able to overcome that 3-1 deficit. And I think that they were the Braves were hurting in the starting uh, rotation department. I think that's what really hurt them. Um, they, they, they had injuries there. I think the Braves are, are, are going to make the playoffs again. Whether they win the East or whether they make the wild card, they're going to make the playoffs again. 
a lot of the guys coming back, uh, Freddie Freeman, Ozzie Albies, Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, those three guys right there are dangerous. Uh, and they also they, they also got Marcelo Zuna back, right? Yep. They they signed him, um, which was a gamble because at the there was a there was a time there where it was like, well, are we going to get the DH or not in the NL? And and we still don't know. And they were able to say, you know what? We think Marcel is a good enough bat, even though he can't play the outfield. We still want him in the lineup. And if you watched the NLCS last year, Ozuna was scary. Every time he came up, I was like, oh God, oh God, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And he usually crushed the Dodgers. Same with Ozzy Albies, man. That guy is a pest. And he, he's an unbelievable talent, and you don't expect him to have as much pop as he does. Cunha Jr., Ozuna, and Parche in the outfield. Ridiculous. Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, and Freddie Freeman, the reigning MVP. I mean, the, these fan graphs and these power rankings that have been coming out in this last week have rated the Mets and Padres for reasons that they've done in this offseason. And it is worth noting that they have gotten way better on paper, just yes. based on what you saw in last season's postseason. Braves in a three-game series against the Mets. Who are you going to put your money on? Well, it's based on what I've seen. It's based on what you've seen. Which is the Braves. what you've seen. It's the Braves. But Braves and, against the, pod, Braves mention, against the Padres. You're betting on the Braves. I think that this is an underrated team well, with a reigning MVP on their team. They didn't have Mike Soroka last year. That's huge. Yeah. That's one of their best pitchers, if not their best pitcher. Max Fried, is a, Max Fried is a bona fide ace as well, I think. Yes, he is. But But you think about, like, who they started. I can't even remember their names. They were so... I mean... One guy came out of nowhere who pitched pretty well, but then the other guy got shelled. The Dodgers scored 15 runs off of him. I mean, they didn't have Mike Soroka. That was huge. Yep. Soroka coming back this year, they made the addition of Charlie Morton in Atlanta. So That's also big. Freed, also Morton, big. Uh, Mike Soroka. That's a really solid one, two, three. I'm, I'm betting, I'm betting on them. I'm betting on them in a, in a series against the Padres. A series and, their bullpen, the and their bullpen is solid too. So, I, like I said... Yeah, we com- we completely agree on this. Then, un- uh, actually, underrated team that's proven just last season. Yeah, how dis- good the they disrespect, are. the disrespect, fan graphs and all others. Well, let's, unbelievable. Let's head to let's head to my before we get too heated. <laughs> let's let's get on. Let's head to Miami. Then let's get out of Georgia. Let's go to Miami. Let's talk about these Marlins. What do you think of this Marlins team? They were they were able to get the postseason for a long time. Uh, first time in a long time last year. What do you think? A bigger question, kind of an organization question. What do you make of Derek Jeter's Miami Marlins? Um, I don't think you could have asked Derek Jeter before last season. I don't think he would have been able to say that his team was going to make the playoffs. I mean, that team does not look like a playoff team at all. I think you'd, if you'd ask, you know, people on the street in Miami who's on their team, I don't think they could tell you five players. You don't think they say and, Jesus Aguilar, Miguel Rojas? <laughs> Maybe. No? I mean, I know who they are. I mean, I know Miguel Rojas. I know Brian Anderson. I know, you know, I know Jesus Aguilar. Starling Marte. Uh, Starling Marte. I know those guys. But, like, that, that is not a playoff team. And I think in a 60-game season, it's not that they got lucky. It's that, that they just were, they, they were gelling. Starling Marte jumps out as a big Major League Baseball talent, but you kind of got to be an inside baseball guy to know that, uh, to, to maybe you know know some of these names. I, I know you, I, I get your point, but I think that 
Um, an exciting person to watch on the Marlins is Sixto Sanchez. A really exciting young picture. That yes. A, a big part of their kind of spark plug. And it was partly due to the season. I mean, the, the shortened season, they were able to get on a kind of a run that they, made a, they may have had for like a month or two months of a regular season that wouldn't have ended them up in the playoffs. But that's, that's how it panned out for them. And, and hopefully they got some experience from that. Hopefully they can come back and gel and some of these names will surprise us with their stats at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean Sixto Sanchez is a really really good arm and he and he and he's he's got ace type ace type stuff. The the Marlins the thing about the Marlins is that and a lot like uh what we were um talking about with the Pirates where it's like if you were to take a look at the names of guys that they had on their team at one point, Christian Yelich, Giancarlo Stanton, it'd be an all-star team. Um and that's the problem with being a Marlins fan because it's not just this Derek Jeter regime that's decided to gut everything and and try and rebuild. This happens every single time that they have a decent team. I mean, you think about when they won the World Series in uh in 97 and you and, the, and then they won again in 2003. They blew up those franchises after winning the World Series. So, for Marlins fans, there's just no consistency and that's the problem in that city where it's like you have no consistency. You have no identity. You don't know who's going to be on the team from year to year. And so it's, it's hard to build that fan base when you don't have recognizable talent. And when you do get recognizable talent, you don't keep them. I mean, that to me is like, you know, a recipe for disaster. The one guy I am excited about though, as um, I, and I hope he does well is Dylan Floro who the Dodgers had on, uh, you know, was a huge part of their World Series team last season. I think he's a very, very underrated reliever. And I was very sad to see him go because I think he is he is really, really good. And so the Marlins are getting someone in him that I think is going to be really, really good in that bullpen. Will be interesting to see how the Marlins shake out and someone who's been a team that's been very, very busy this offseason, the new New York Mets, new ownership Kind of a new team. I know we've talked about them on the podcast here before, but this is hoping to be a big year for the Mets, hey? Oh, yeah. I mean, the Mets Mets made some big splashes in the offseason, and we'll talk about the Cleveland Indians as to what they're doing, but they were able to get not only Francisco Lindor, one of the best one of the best shortstops in baseball, but also they got Carlos Carrasco, too, in that same deal. So they got another starter. I thought for sure that they were going to get Trevor Bauer. And if they'd gotten Trevor Bauer to go along with Carrasco and Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard, I mean, Jesus Christ, um, that would have been an insane rotation. But like their their core there is great. Pete Alonzo is a, is a terrific talent. Jeff McNeil is a terrific talent. Uh, Conforto is really good. Um, to add Francisco Lindor to that lineup is like insane. So on paper, they look great. And Edwin Diaz is coming back to their bullpen. I think their bullpen is a little suspect. Um, it always tends to be with the Mets. So we'll see if they can uh, they can figure that out. But honestly, I think that on paper they obviously you know are the are the team to beat. But that's not how this works. So I am high on the Mets only because I like the moves that they made. But again, I I want to see them play first. Degrom Syndergaard. Carlos Carrasco, Marcus Stroman. I mean, that's a oh Stroman, yeah, that's a great. I mean, one, look, two, three, look, Stroman. Stroman's been a little injured, a little banged up. Like if he comes back and he is the Marcus Stroman that we saw in Toronto, look out. 
They were in on both Bauer and Springer, and they were they missed out on that, and still are going to be one of the more talked about themes from this last offseason because of what they've done. Francisco oh, yeah. Lindor's a franchise player, and I think a really exciting addition to the team. But the star there for me is Peter Alonso, and you hit on it. Peter Alonso is the star in New York. That is the guy that is the seminal talent there for me. I think that Lindor adds a electricity and excitement. He's come in with his blue hair. Everyone's gonna everyone's gonna buy a Lindor shirt in New York. It, it's gonna be a, a really I think he's gonna be a really popular New York player. I think that he adds an electricity to the team, but the but the team was already there with Alonso for me. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy when you think about it. Like they have a terrific offense and a terrific starting rotation without even adding Bauer and or Springer. It's the same thing with a lot with with teams like the Yankees or the Dodgers where it's like yeah, Bauer would be nice. Do they need him? No, they don't need him, but like do they become exponentially better with him? Yes. So that's that's a something to look at too. You add Lindor to the mix and all of a sudden now you're the favorites in the East. But it's tough. The East is tough. I mean, we've just talked about a, a, a really great Braves team, and they're going to have to contend with them. The Mets have done a lot to do. But they're also going to have to combat with uh, another two teams in this league, which we're going to get into now. First, the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies have quite a lot of pieces there still. Unfortunately, J2 Real Muto is going to potentially miss the beginning part of the season. They ended up winning the kind of sweepstakes for JT. It was it was a question as to whether or not he was going to be returning to Philadelphia. JT Real Muto will be the catcher for the Philadelphia Phillies next year. Um they maintain relationships with Didi Gregorius. Didi Gregorius is going to be coming back. Uh, obviously, a great relationship with skipper Joe Girardi. I think they've got young talent in Scott Kingry, Reese Hoskins. Of course, you can't not talk about Bryce Harper and Andrew McCutcheon in Philadelphia. They've they've lost Arietta, but apart from that, you know, I, I think the Phillies are just going to try and go out and outscore all of their opponents this year. What do you think of the Philadelphia Phillies? I think the Phillies have a great offense, and... With Rayo Muto coming back, unfortunately, he fractured his thumb, but he's going to be there. Bryce Harper is, you know, Bryce Harper, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, and all of those guys. Reese Hoskins, you mentioned all these guys. I mean, they've got a really, really good offense. That's not their issue. And even their starting rotation, Aaron Nola, Wheeler, those guys are great. Um, Their issue is their bullpen. Who are they going to give the ball to? Mm. That's the issue. The scoring runs is not a problem for the Phillies. It's 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 pitching. Neftali Feliz and Ivan Nova, both non-roster invitees for the Philadelphia Phillies, would be interesting to see if those guys could be a veteran influence on that staff. If Feliz can come back and be a as kind of a an interesting reliever for them potentially. Yeah. The other uh, non-roster invitee that caught my eye was Matt Joyce, might be joining Philadelphia. Oh, that's an interesting one. They picked up Jose Alvarado from the Rays, and I think that he's going to be an interesting part of that bullpen. But again, oh, and did they also get Archie Bradley? They've got Archie Bradley. Yeah, yeah, they added him too. So it's, yeah, they did. They've got they've got some really interesting pieces. They're, they're they're part of what makes this NL East so competitive. Yeah, I I just think in terms in terms of the Philly success, it's going to be their health and their bullpen. And that'll be the key because they're going to score runs and, and their starting pitching is pretty solid. Harper, McCutcheon, and Didi. I don't think you can find three better playing vets right now at the minute in the way of experience, but also still in a really good point in their career. So interesting time. Yeah, to put it power, up. speed, all of that. Another team that's going to be really tricky to deal with, I think this year is going to be the Washington Nationals. And I think that's because of their starting pitching. 
And I mean, if you wanted to draft a team on MLB The Show, why not start with Max Scherzer, Corbin, Strasburg, and Leicester, one, two, three, four. That's Ooh, that, yeah. every game I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down and watching that starting pitching. What do you think of the, the nation's capital team, the 2019 World Series team, the Washington Nationals? I love this starting rotation. The only thing I don't like about it is, is, is the health of it. And, and Strasburg is very injury prone. And I thought that when they signed him to that huge contract after winning the World Series, after he won World Series MVP, I thought, that's great. But it's too many years and too much money for a guy that you can't really rely on. When he's healthy, he's fantastic. But relying on him is, is, is a bit of a gamble. Also, Max Scherzer is is terrific, and I, I don't know how, how much longer he can throw 98-plus, but as long as he can do that, he's going to be solid. Uh, Corbin is another uh, crafty lefty who I really, I really enjoy watching, and I think the Nationals upgraded their offense. Like we mentioned before, getting Josh Bell is huge. Adding Kyle Schwarber is huge. Those are great bats to have in your lineup to complement Juan Soto, who's one of the best players in Major League Baseball right now. The the fact that they were able to rebound from not only losing Harper, but they win the World Series, then they lose Rendon, and are still good enough to have a team where I think they are the third best team in the East. Fangraphs has them there as well at 24.6% chance to make the playoffs. I think it's a better, I think they have better odds than that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, a lot of names, when you when you scan down, they just kind of pop out. Josh Bell, Stalin Castro, Josh Harrison, Trey Turner, Ryan Zimmerman, Carl Schwarber, Juan Soto. Those are guys that you can you can guarantee to have some offense. You've got some, some older arms, but I think really trustworthy names, guys that you can trust to go out there and pitch well. And, you know, barring injury, I think you can you can rely on some of those guys. Uh, I think they stand to be really competitive. It's 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 right in there between the Phillies, the Mets, and the Nationals. They're going to be some really great series in there. And how do you think it all plays out in the NL East then, Jake? Well, I think it's. Uh, I just hate to have. I just hate putting the Mets first because it's like, what have you done? I, so I'm I'm not going to put the Mets first. I think that they are going to be good this year. Um, but I don't think they're going to be as good as everyone thinks. I think they the wild. Are. I, think, I think wild card comes out of the east for sure. A wild card will come out of the east for sure. Yes, agreed with that. I agree with that. Um, that's why. I, that's why I said before. I don't think the Giants are going to make the playoffs because of the NL East. Um, but I'm going to go Braves, Mets, Nationals, Phillies, Marlins. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Braves, Mets. Nationals, Phillies, Marlins in the East, exactly. For sure, the analyst is going to be really exciting. We, we see eye to eye on that, and I think there's going to be lots of really interesting interdivision matchups, a Phillies-Nats series, a Mets-Nats series. It's going to be a, a real interesting one in the East, for sure. So that's the National League, all 15 National League teams. We finished up here on the East, and next week we will start in the American League East and make our way back across the country, touching on all 15 AL teams. Jake, thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Great to have your insight. Of course, Johnny. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. 
And again, be sure to join us next week when it's all 15 American League teams. Again, my name is Johnny McEwen for the All American Brit Podcast on Believe Podcasting Network. Be sure to follow me at AABritPod on Instagram and Twitter. And until the next time, take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.